Welcome to Palmdale United Methodist Church's podcast for Christmas Eve 2019. May God use this as a blessing to you today. Let us pray. Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you who are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. All right, so I'm going to give a little history lesson for the youngsters in the room tonight. Uh, Long before we had the streaming wars of Netflix and Hulu, Disney+, Apple TV, Amazon Prime, HBO Go, whatever it is that you might be subscribing to, long before that, and, and even before satellite and cable TV with hundreds upon hundreds of channels, uh, long before you had a DVR where you could record something and watch it later, uh, we had this. This is an old-fashioned television with what we called rabbit ears. We didn't even have DVDs that we could pop in and, and watch whenever we wanted to. No, uh, depending on where you lived, you probably had four, five, three, six channels. That's it, total. Like ABC, NBC, CBS, PBS, and then some channel up around like 21 that's kind of snowy and it has weird programming. That's about it, right? And so when Christmas specials would come along, uh, you would have to know what time it's coming on, on what night, because they're probably only going to play it once the entire year. And if it's your favorite, you got to make sure you're there. And so whole communities, in fact, our whole country would gather around our television sets on a particular night to watch our favorite shows. Now, I'm in my early 50s. So I thought I would share some of the the Christmas specials that uh, made an impact to my generation and what I loved uh, while I was growing up. We start off with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, right? Uh, The Ras Banken stop-motion specials. This one has uh, a Hermie, the uh, misfit elf who wanted to be a dentist, uh, but got stuck being a toy maker instead, right? We got Frosty the Snowman, the animated special. my mom and my dad taught me I'm not supposed to hate anyone, but I really hated this Professor Hinkle, uh, the magician that's always trying to steal Frosty's magic hat. Right? Then there was, uh, on the more um, reflective, devotional, spiritual side, Little Drummer Boy, based on the famous song. Uh, and this was narrated by the British actress Greer Garson. Beautiful. If you've never seen it, look it up. It's fabulous. Then, uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Can't get through Christmas without having How the Grinch Stole Christmas. The animated classic uh, narrated by none other than Boris Karloff. Uh, The Year Without a Santa Claus, including two of my most underrated Christmas characters of all time, uh, Heat Miser and Snow Miser. I even would sing and do the dance walking across my room. Uh, uh, It's fabulous. Look it up on uh, YouTube if you don't know that one. And then, of course, Santa Claus is coming to town with the Burgermeister, Meister Burger, and the Winter Warlock, and Kris Kringle, and my first crush, Jessica. Ah, she was fabulous. But of all the Christmas television specials that my generation has grown up with, perhaps the one that's had the most influence on us was a Charlie Brown Christmas. We've been going through a sermon series here in the month of December called Christmas, the Director's Cut. And and each week we pick a different Hollywood Christmas film and and we kind of go through that story and we show clips from the movie and we find some of the underlying themes and then we pair it up with part of the real Christmas story, the, the biblical Christmas story, and we find where those themes match up. 
Now, I don't think anyone would mistake a Charlie Brown Christmas half-an-hour TV special for a Hollywood uh, blockbuster film, but it does have a lasting place in many people's hearts. And I think one of the reasons that this film has such staying power is because it touches a core deep within so many of us at this time of the year. You know, there's the challenges uh, of the Christmas season are such that not everyone is feeling all the time holiday cheer. We're not always ready to, to deck the halls and trim the tree and fa-la-la-la-la, if you know what I mean. And so here's how Charlie Brown frames it. Due to copyright restrictions, we're unable to play the audio clips from the video portions that we show during worship. Hopefully you know this beloved classic and you'll remember the scenes anyway. Some of us are more adept at sarcasm, I think, than others, right? Uh, it's not just a Charlie Brown thing. Sociologists call this time of year Blue Christmas, that many people are going through feelings of isolation, loneliness, and depression. And numerous studies, as well as stories from distress centers, confirm that there's an increase in both the numbers and the severity of calls by depressed individuals during the holiday season. It could be from a death in the family, a recent divorce or separation, job loss, economic struggles, or just any significant change in one, life's, in one of life's situations. And they all are contributing factors towards depression at Christmas time. And, and sometimes they're the direct result of decisions and actions that you've made or that someone close to you has made, but other times it just happens uh, indiscriminately. The Bible likes to refer uh, at various points to images of light and darkness. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 8, God is describing the state of many people at, at this time in Israel's history, that they've wandered away from what God has had in store for them. Listen to these words from Isaiah 8. They will pass through the land greatly distressed and hungry. They will turn their faces upward, they will, or they will look to the earth, but will see only distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be thrust into thick darkness." This isn't just talking about a a little bit of a depression that one might have at the holidays. No, this is a recognition that that something is significantly wrong in one's life, that things aren't going the way they should be, that something is missing, that they may have been going through the motions and doing what they have to do to make it through life, but when all is said and done, they recognize something deeper is missing. So back to our friend Charlie Brown. This scene from the television special, he comes across his dog, Snoopy, who's embarking on a major holiday task. I love the flyer. Find the true meaning of Christmas. Win money, money, money. Spectacular, super colossal neighborhood Christmas lights and display contest. You know, it's funny, but I think when uh, there's a lot of darkness happening in the world, we're drawn to lights, aren't we? One of the, 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 the greatest pleasures at Christmas time is to be able to drive around our communities and look for those houses that have the really good light displays, right? No matter where you grew up, people know where the good houses are. i just give you a, a tip. Don't come to my house because we didn't put any lights up that didn't go off of the Christmas tree uh, this year. But others go all out trying to get it done. Uh, there's that uh, cold, amazing cul-de-sac, Candy Cane Lane. Um, what's the name of the street? Clark Court, that's right. If you haven't been there, find it on your map, and sometimes before the end of the month, go. It's amazing. Fabulous. When I lived in Arizona, uh, there was a part of town, this one house that had three saguaro cactuses. They would dress them up like the three wise men. 
It was fabulous. I mean, this is from uh, one of the magazines in Arizona back before I was born, I think 65 or something. But uh, we w- they would have lights on it and spots, and it was just amazing. We loved going to see the Three Wise Cacti. Or when we lived on the big island of Hawaii, uh, we used to go up come on a drive and see this multi-story house that uh, had displays in the yard, on the house, on the roof. It was like you needed an entire uh, power plant just to run all of the things that were happening there. Or on Oahu, in the area of Waikele, the Yoshida family has this fabulous light display that even made it to the great Christmas light show on ABC. But bright lights that are powered by electricity, uh, often while quite beautiful, they don't have the long-lasting impressions on us. I mean, unless, of course, you're responsible for paying the electricity bill after the holiday season. Uh, But people have to look to other sources than just bright lights for meaning, value, and purpose. In our short film from today, Charlie Brown is given the, the job of being the director of the Peanuts a Christmas play, and so he's on his way to the first rehearsal when he uh, encounters his sister Sally. Needless to say, the Peanuts kids aren't too excited about Charlie Brown being their director, and the first rehearsal doesn't exactly go the way they had planned it. So in an effort to have a little more integrity and a little less commercialism in their play, uh, Lucy sends Charlie Brown out to get a Christmas tree to be the center of their stage. Here's that infamous scene of Charlie Brown and Linus in search of the perfect tree. Uh, Do they still make wooden Christmas trees? Classic, right? So here's where our little television uh, special starts to turn into kingdom of God stuff. Let's check, check back in with Isaiah, shall we? Isaiah 9, verse 2 and following. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders. And he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So this is the true light that has come into the world, the promise of a Savior, uh, of the Messiah. And Isaiah wrote this 700 years before Jesus. It it gave the people something to look forward to, that something they could focus on, this light that would come in and, and bring illumination into their darkness that they saw all around. But when the light came to earth in the form of Jesus, it wasn't exactly what people were expecting, which takes us back to Charlie Brown and his tree. It wasn't exactly what they were expecting either. Let's, let's watch what happens when he returns to the Peanuts crew. Man, it's tough when you get ridiculed by your own dog, isn't it? Yeah. So here we are on Christmas Eve to celebrate the Savior's birth, the one that Isaiah spoke about, the light that has come into the world to dispel the darkness. But, but think about how this scenario played out, that God Almighty is going to send his one and only son into the world, the creator of the universe who single-handedly fashioned every creature into existence. The supreme being is coming to earth. And how does he make his grand appearance? Does he come down from the clouds with trumpets and fanfare, swooping in to save the day? Does he show up in the finest royal palace, accompanied by servants, attendees, and of course, paparazzi? Does he begin appearing first to the world leaders, to the people who are the influencers, the movers and shakers of society? No, none of that. 
He shows up in some remote village in some out-of-the-way manger surrounded by livestock and lowly shepherds. I mean, if you asked us, we'd probably say it sounds like a dumb plan. Like the Peanuts thought of Charlie Brown bringing back that dumb tree. I mean, what a strange way for God to want to save the world. It, it just doesn't make sense. It's, it's not what we would expect to happen. Well, Charlie Brown, he's frustrated, discouraged. And in an effort to give a little piece of himself away to that sorry little tree, he ends up being ridiculed by his friends. And in his frustration, he reaches out for some true answers. That's what Christmas is all about. And we're here tonight because we know that despite the lights and the decorations, the Christmas trees and tinsel, the shopping and presents, the parties and the events, the true meaning of Christmas is found in a manger. And it's also found in the presence of community, the body of Christ gathered together, that knowing on our own by ourselves, none of us is worthy of this amazing gift that is given not just to us, but to the entire world. But God gives it over and over again. God breaks into our world in new and surprising ways, sometimes when we least expect it. And so we gather together tonight as a community of faith, held together by love and grace, acceptance and God's incredible mercy. And we're here because of the one who gave himself away for a hurting world. A world that, has, that had been in darkness, but now has come into the light. And so this Christmas Eve, my friends, I invite you to, to look in your own life, to see how God's light has come in new ways. That, that whatever darkness it is you may be going through personally, relationally, as you think about uh, the world situation, know that God knows exactly what's happening in our hearts and the light of Christ Jesus comes to make a difference, to change us, and to make this world a better place. God loves us, despite knowing exactly all of our imperfections and where we uh, are failing to do what it is that he wants for us. The gift, nevertheless, is still given, the gift of Jesus Christ. And it's a present that's given not just one day a year, but every day. And so receive the good news of great joy, my friends. The, the birth of Christ has come. The presence of the light of the world is with each and every one of us. Thanks be to God.